mind, baby. We're still in it. They can't get rid of us yet. I know, almost double digits. I don't think uh, I don't think many people thought we'd make it this far. Kroger couldn't silence me over their shitty bourbon. <laughs> Kroger and uh, the other person that can't silence me is Kenny Florian. <laughs> why do you say, why do you say that? No, I just realized on uh, on Twitter that he has me blocked, and I think it's from when I was telling him a couple years ago how horrible of a broadcaster he is. Really? Yeah. So, one of my first big interviews I got when the UFC went to Fox, I had an in at Fox Sports 1. Um, and this guy was super generous to to me when I was working with Pro MMA Now. And so, he's like, hey, the new show's about to come on. How would you like to interview Kenny and Chael? I was like, sure. And so... Like I did 15 minutes with Kenny, which was fine, you know, and then I started talking to Chael uh, and Chael, I had to wait for Chael. So, and this guy was like super cool about it. And so, and he was listening in as we were talking. I don't know why, if that's a thing, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're approaching the 15 minute mark and I hear him say, keep going. So I ended up doing about 35 minutes with Chael. Which I feel like Chael, anybody who's ever talked to Chael Sonnen can sit down and talk to him forever, like like you've known each other forever. Yeah, he's a guy, and I think he just likes talking, too. <laughs> he likes hearing, hearing, hearing his own voice. But yeah, the Kenny Florian thing, and it's nothing against him as a person. I just think he's not a good broadcaster, and apparently there's a lot of other people that, that think he's not very good either because he lost his job with, with – uh, I don't know. I don't know if he was ever with ESPN or not, but when he was with Fox Sports, uh, lost his job there. And for as much as I loved him as a fighter, um, you know, right around Ultimate Fighter One was like really when I started really getting into uh, MMA and UFC in particular. And I loved you know Kenny Florian coming in as a freaking lightweight fighting middleweights, but just as a broadcaster, I was not a very big fan. And I was, I was, what, what got that. him out? Plagiarism? Yeah, he, I think that's what it was. Um, I fr- like something to do with he was caught, I, yeah, something to do with plagiarism. I don't know. But speaking of uh, old school MMA, I just finished the new Shamrock book by Jonathan Snowden. Yeah, what'd you think? It was interesting. Um, I liked how candid. Shamrock was with uh, with Snowden. Um, you know, he pretty much told every you know every detail of, of his life. You know, good and mostly bad. Um, you kind of realize how big of a piece of crap he was for for most of his life. And I feel like at point, you know, of course you're writing this guy's biography, but I feel like at at, at points, uh, you know, that was that was even glossed over a little bit. So it was interesting. Um, nothing really shocked me though. I think I sent you the, the Mikey Burnett story was yes. one of my favorite ones in the whole book. He said, Oh man, I thought I was going to call home and tell him they, that, that they killed me with the lion's den train, uh, tryouts, which were <laughs> <laughs> legendary, but yeah, Mikey Burnett's one is a character. So, but speaking of, uh, of books, we've got a new sponsor to, 
to shout out this week. Audible, if you like, if you like audiobooks, go to audibletrial.com forward slash beers and beards to uh, get one month free and a free audiobook. And I will say, you know, we've had podcasts before where we had Audible as, as sponsors, and I used to be, you know, not a big believer in in the audiobooks, but now it's like I'm probably half and half with. Read, you know, reading actual books. I still am a person that does that. And I also will listen to audio books. I like doing it when I'm outside, you know, doing yard work or going for a run, things like that. And um, this week I want to, I actually just am about to finish a book called The First Conspiracy by Brad Meltzer. It is uh, the truth behind the secret assassination attempt on George Washington and how the plot helped create the CIA and the FBI. And it's a pretty crazy story. It's one of those that you never learned about in history class. And you never realized during the revolutionary war that not only were, you know, were the colonists fighting against the British, but they were fighting against people in you know, in the colonies that were loyalists. And I feel like that was always something that was glossed over, but these people were his own basically secret service that plotted, you know, not only against him, but against the colonies. And, and he kind of stopped short of saying that, that it was a full on assassination attempt, but it's interesting, you know, really interesting book. Uh, again, that's the first conspiracy by Brad Meltzer and you can get that book for free in a free month trial at audibletrial.com forward slash beers and beards. Yeah. You like that kind of stuff, right? I do every once in a while. Every once in a while, you know, it can get, some of them can, can get kind of crazy, you know, off into the, into the weeds and the deep end, but not the, a lot of the modern conspiracy stuff that is, you know, there's so much information out there that it's easily debunked, but I do Are read there any that you believe in. Uh, uh, not really. None that I can think of. Aliens, Bigfoot. Area 51, none of that stuff. No. I always joke with Angie about the uh, how the, the flu shot is a way to control, you know, my, mentally control the population. Yeah, I don't Always. take the flu shot. Yeah, so you're you're good. You're safe. The, because I'm going to say in the last, as an adult, I can recall getting the flu shot twice just because it, it kind of lined up with a doctor's appointment I had and they were like, Hey, do you want the flu shot? Sure. I never go out of my way to go get the flu shot. But the two times that in, you know, the last 15 years that I got the flu shot, I actually got the flu that year. Yeah. So no more. <laughs> I've and, only had the flu once in like the last, I don't know, 10 years plus. And, and I actually got the flu shot that year too. And I'd forgotten that I got, it, it was the same situation i actually had to do a uh like a health screening for work and they you know gave me a free flu shot and i was like ah whatever i'm here and ended up getting the flu that year it's weird because you know i think everybody is waiting or anticipating a vaccine you know during the pandemic for COVID 19 and the conspiracy stuff i see around that is mind-blowing like (laughs) goes from a vaccine shot to a uh, virtual you know a digital imprint mark of the beast type thing in your body so 
I don't know, man. It's there's so much out there that's uh, people have too much time. Like their brains just go crazy. Too and much once time. You get yeah, there's in all that echo chamber. Yeah, of thinking of, what, of like when you just surround yourself with those people, and we all do it uh, based on the things we like. Like you know whether it's uh, beer. beers or MMA or you know your favorite TV show, you populate your feeds and you know your surroundings with the things that you like well that's not always the best thing when it comes to like social issues right yeah well i i think we've talked a little bit about this you know i but i think we both were friends with a lot of you know people that are you know the only reason why we're friends with them on social media or follow them or whatever is because they, you know, are, are in the MMA community and you, you see them start to talk about other things outside of that. And you like, whoa, you are you that? unfriended. I just heard the bottle, the bottle pop. Listen, uh, you're going to do your beer first and we've got some other things to go on. But there is, like I said last week, there is something about that cork. <laughs> that, I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. It's just a preference of mine. Well, uh, <laughs> it's yeah if this that sound you know like like i have the uh so this week if you're if you got this far you heard the beer i've got the beer can opening to start now i'm gonna need to find a cork popper you know gotta get it um but you know we were talking about the pandemic and and conspiracies forbes put out an article this week that you sent to me the best selling spirits of the pandemic according to drizzly uh, before we go over the list, was there anything that surprised you on the list? The So when they started going down the, like the um, types of liquor didn't really surprise me, but the, some of the brands did um, like the George Clooney one, how that was like, it's a George Clooney uh, tequila, Cosa, Casamigos. I did Casamigos, not realize. Yeah. yeah. Second place. Yeah, behind, and we'll go down the list here, and and the only reason that I know the number one brand or the number one spirit uh, of the pandemic, according to Drizzly, and this comes from uh, Drizzly's an alcohol e-commerce platform, the best-selling spirit of the pandemic is Tito brand vodka. Yes. Now, the only reason I would even know that Tito's is in existence is Burt Kreischer, (laughs) the comedian. Who that's his drink, Tito's and soda. So uh, it's a Texas brand vodka, uh, which I think Smirnoff's on the list, but yeah, number one, King Tito's. Now which I'm is, not a vodka yeah. guy. Are you a vodka guy? I you know what I have some vodka in the house just for if I you know if I want to do like a, a vodka soda or something like that. Um, but that's very rare but it's it's tito's that i buy and it's interesting knowing you know tito's is a independently owned you know small not small but you know independent vodka it's not a huge corporation they outsell you know brands like smirnoff and you know some of the other ones that are are huge you know a lot of the um the european brands you know stoli and things like that that you would think would be huge but good old tito's continues to be Number one, and it's it's kind of interesting that how different the spirits world is compared. Like, there will never be a 
craft beer or you know, that outsells Bud Light. There will never even be probably another, <laughs> at least not in our lifetime, another macro beer that outsells Bud Light. Right. Which is amazing. And a lot of that, you know, listen, the last week's episode, you talked about Ryan guys being just as much of a, as a marketing juggernaut as a beer producer. Right. Bud Light, the marketing for that or in the last 20 years stands out to me more than the shitty beer that it is. I yeah. say shitty beer, but I will like, if I'm going to go to a restaurant and I want a beer, I'm going to get a Bud Light draft. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that you can't, you can't uh, talk about the history of, you know, Anheuser-Busch slash Bud Light without, you know, talking about the, the marketing behind it. Um, you know, m- you know, surrounding football, you know, mostly sports, things like that. And, um, but yeah, the, uh, the funny thing is, you know, I, we'll come back to the spirit thing, but I wanted to get into my drink because you mentioned if you would go to a bar, what you, you know, what you would order uh, for a beer. And my beer this week is the kind of the craft version of Bud Light almost. Um, okay. So it's by a brewery in Dayton called Warped Wing. It's a lager called Trotwood. So that's, that's their base. Uh, lager this week actually to you know since it's summer and it's hot and I, I wanted something super refreshing they came out with a variant with added lime which is just the perfect amount of lime um, added but it's a light lager and this is one that I'll pick up pretty regularly you know the the original trotwood um, so of course I had to you know to grab the the lime uh, trotwood and it has the perfect amount of lime it's not overly you know, heavy on the lime and it's a super light, like I'm going to the, you know, hanging out at a pool this weekend. I'm going to be, you know, grabbing, you know, a handful of these throwing in the cooler and sitting by the pool. And that's what, so this is the beer that if you're, if you are a Bud Light drinker and you come to my bar, I would say, here's what you need to drink. Um, Trotwood it's got, and, and I love the, the branding too, for, I think maybe second to Rheingeist, uh, Warped Wang has probably and it has probably my favorite marketing. So of any colorful, brewery. super just yeah, just very simple. You've got the for this one the the original one is like a um, like a light blue. blue. Um, this is a, a like a lime green can. You've got the script uh, Trotwood with a white background and, and the green, and it's just super simple. It says Trotwood Lager with real lime juice. And then you've got the warped wing logo. It just, you know, pops so much with, you know, with how bright the can is. And, and of course that's secondary to, to the beer. Um, this isn't a beer again that I'm, I'm going to say, you know, if I want to sit down and have something special, um, it's not, uh, not what I would necessarily grab, but if I want to sit down and have something that is going to be refreshing on, on these, you know, string of 10 straight 90 degree days or whatever it is that we have, then Trotwood and and especially this lime version is what I would, what I would grab. If you go to warpedwing.com forward slash beers, it's, it's worth the click just to see the cans. Like I'm looking at Ermel's, uh, which is their uh, Belgian cream style ale. cream ale. Yeah. Gamma bomb looks like it should be like a four loco. <laughs> uh liquid picnic magic melon like the the problem 
at being, you know, being a father is if I had these in my fridge, this is something that I think the kids would try would to think <laughs> they, yeah. yeah, they do get, get some pretty, pretty crazy cans and pretty colorful, um, ones. The, uh, they have a Pilsner too, that is called Superba. And I, that's, that's probably my favorite can that they've done. It's a, yeah, that's a, like, that's plain like Troutwood. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like a throwback. Like it, it's a, you know, Pilsner is like kind of a throwback, you know, style of beer, but um, yeah. So that that's my beer this week. And, and I, to be honest with you, I grabbed this, uh, we're on Thursday now. I think I grabbed it on like Saturday or Sunday last week and I wanted to wait to crack it open for the podcast. It's been hard, especially with how hot it is. Like I've been wanting yeah. to crack open a super refreshing beer and, and this is going to be perfect for this weekend. Yeah, like it's gonna be hot. It's Fourth of July. What's all right? So I'm done. Pretend like you're talking to somebody that knows nothing about beer. Which what's I the am. difference <laughs> between an IPA and a farmhouse pale ale? So typically, the so that farmhouse pale ale is going to be something that has more of like a like an earthy, like wild, like wild yeast, not necessarily wild yeast, but a lot of uh, different yeast. So a lot of people say farmhouse, like farmhouse ale and, um, and, uh, uh, Saison are very similar styles in that you're going to get that, those earthy tones. It's going to be kind of peppery. The, the hops are not necessarily the, you know, the, the main focus of the beer. Whereas with an IPA, every IPA, the hops are the main focus of the beer, or at least they should, if it's any halfway decent IPA. So you're going to get a beer that is, you know, hop forward, of course, still has malt. Um, every beer has hops, um, but it's just what what is really, um, what's really showcased. So for a farmhouse, you're going to get the yeast uh, showcased a lot more than, than the hops. Um, just because it's such a different flavor. Um, and so uh, the other thing too, with, with a lot of, um, with a lot of craft breweries, most of them, probably 90% of craft beer are ales because they take up, they take less time to brew. Um, usually a, a little bit easier to brew. You can kind of get away with, with, you know, brewing, you know, some, some issues uh, with, with the beer, especially an IPA, just throw more hops in it. Whereas most macro beer is, are lagers. So lagers and ales are the two, uh, the two main styles of beer. Um, so like Bud, you know, Bud Light, things like that, Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, those are all lagers. Um, you've got like a, you know, traditional lager and a Pilsner are the two main. And, and the, the difference is, is how they're fermented. So lagers cold fermented. Whereas an ale is fermented at a, at a little bit warmer temperature, so like sixty-five to seventy, whereas a lager is fermented at like forty-five. That's why they say like, you know, Coors was was big on the you know cold filtered and cold brewed and and all that you know, again marketing. Um, yeah, but yeah, it so sounds those are good the- to be honest. If you don't know what, <laughs> what they're talking about, right? Um. But yeah, so that's that's my beer this week. I, I wanted just because you talked about you know if you go into a, to a bar you would 
grab a Bud Light. And, and I think it's, I think it's important too, for, you know, for people that, that go into bars that might be interested in, in beer, you know, like yourself to find, you know, for that brewery, you know, if, it, if it's a, you know, or, or for that bar, if it's, you know, if they focus on craft beer um, to have something that's similar, at least to, you know, to some of the macro um, beers. Like I think if you open up a craft beer bar, you've got to have, you know, a good lager, a good light lager, um, you know, some sort of sour, some, some sort of really good IPA got to hit most of the main styles of, of things that people are going to come in looking for that might not necessarily, you know, be big into craft beer, what they say, Hey, I know I like, I had this sour before and I liked it, or I had this IPA and I liked it. You know, what do you have in that category? So it's very much like an entry type of beer. Um, if you're not for us, unsophisticated palates, if you want to dip your toes and I wouldn't even necessarily say that this is a beer again, that's like, you know, it's, it's difficult to talk about it because it's not like it's a, um, you know, and that's why we've talked about before, like, you know, the beer ratings and things like that, like lagers get lower ratings than crazy, you know, high ABV, uh, IPAs and, and things like that, because, they're just a simpler, simpler style of beer, but they're actually more difficult to brew, which is just so ironic and, you know, so, you know, the antithesis of what you would expect, you know, when you're, when you're drinking a beer, you'd think like, oh, you know, Budweiser, Bud Light, you know, they brew tons of it. It's, it's gotta be easy to, to brew, but it's difficult to brew and, and lagers are really difficult to, to have that consistency as well. It's interesting. Um, I don't know. The whole, so many different variables in the brewing of beer as compared to, you know, my studies of bourbon. It's just, it's amazing how much different things can be, which is good, you know, uh, because in the spirits world, there's bourbon is just a category you know it it's it it would be i don't know the the lager of beer or you know whatever it may be right. whatever the spirit but what, going back to the forbes article mini bar which is a delivery service uh says they cooperate forbes's antidos uh claimed to be a number one saying this this blew my mind they average, uh, this is for mini bar, Tito's Vodka selling an average one bottle every five minutes over a 24-hour period. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Jesus. Not only that, but you go to number two, which is Casamigos, which was the George Clooney uh, tequila that he wanted it to be hangover free. Now, I don't know if that's, I don't know that you can create a hangover free tequila. Um, but in 2017, him and his partner sold it for a reported, are you ready? Yeah. $1 billion with the potential for an extra $300 million based on sales performance over the next decade. Uh, so it's crazy, but coming in third bullet. 
which that surprised me too. You know, that's not of all the bourbons. Yeah. Yeah. What what's bullet retail for? I'm going to say 34 bucks. I'm not sure. So, you know, and, and looking at this too, so 28 bucks a bottle. Yeah. Pretty much across the board between 22 and 30 bucks a bottle. Yeah. And so, and this is also that, you know, it's, it's basically drizzly and, and mini bar are basically like the Uber or not Uber, but Uber eats or, or DoorDash, but yeah. specifically for liquor. Um, they, they partner with local liquor stores and then, you know, you go on, you have the menu, just like anything else they, you know, and then people deliver the stuff to your house, which is fantastic because if you're having a party or you know doing anything you're drinking you're saying hey i i have you know we ran out of out of liquor right we've all been there you can just get on drizzly or minibar and say hey I'm bring me more drunk driving <laughs> can you instacart that can you instacart uh, some areas you can um i don't know about you know I don't, I don't think you can even do beer yet in Ohio, but I think in Kentucky you can. So I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, so yeah, they're, they're slinging bullet at number three, uh, followed up closely by Jameson, which is, you know, Irish whiskey. Uh, and they know that the Irish whiskey industry is boomed and you see that, you know, if you're an MMA fan, you know, Conor McGregor has the proper 12, which is making him a ton of money um, in fifth place and probably should be lower on the list. Just in my personal opinion is Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey. <laughs> um, and then you've got tequila in the uh, sixth and seventh spot, sixth, seventh and eighth Patron. spots, tequila. Yeah. Es- Espolion, Don Julio and Patron. Uh, and then your the ninth best selling spirit was Johnny Walker, which is Scotch, and then Smirnoff was tenth. Yeah. So this comes with slight asterisk because I looked into Drizzly. Um, it's not so they have they're in Cincinnati technically, but they're in like the outskirts, and I, th- I think it's a it's a Silicon Valley you know startup things like that. They're mostly in. California right now, which California is one of the few states where um, tequila is the highest selling uh, spirit. So they're in, you know, the the for right now they're in the big areas. They're in California, New York, Chicago. They're big. Where you've got a more more dynamic um, customer base. You know, it's not in Middle America, the Midwest, where you know you're you're. I would expect you know a lot more like, you know, vodka and bourbon and still, you know, vodka and bourbon are, you know, one and three on this list. So, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's very interesting. And, and the thing that jumped out to me was Drizzly said that their customer base in the spring of 2020, I want to get it right. It was like 1700% growth. Yeah. 1700% new year's years in spring 2020. Which is amazing. Crazy. <laughs> Some people can get it right during the pandemic. So we're going to go to uh, the bourbon portion, uh, which is brought to you by Beard Octane. Small small uh, business beard products that, that you can be proud of. Uh, I'll post a picture this week. 
of what I got from them. I'm still for the foreseeable future. I'll be rocking the apple pie just because it's a generous offering when you buy. Um, they've got beard tools. You know, they've got the uh, the brushes, the combs, bombs, oils. Uh, I think they even sell. I want to say they sell vitamins like biotin and stuff to for the beard and beard. Um, <laughs> That's what I need. So yeah, they uh, do they they got the beard conditioner, ooh, which is sold out. Good for them. Uh, they got the body bar wash. They got <laughs> they sell body wash, and it looks like it's in a uh, like an oil jug. Pretty creative. Uh, but yeah, they got shave gel, beard butter, all the all the things that you would want to do for your beard. Uh, you go to beardoctane.com, Use promo code beers and beards ten. Save 10% off. And honestly, I mean, this is, as a guy who's tried a lot of different beard products, one of my favorites. And I like that it's, if you go to their YouTube channel, just some dude, just some dude making beard products. Uh, And free shipping right now on all orders over $75 uh, inside the continental United States. So beardoctane.com, use promo code beersandbeards10. Now. David, I don't want to get political, but it just, this happened to align kind of in the same week where they are trying to take the name, uh, the John Wayne airport out in California. They're trying to change it like to the orange County airport or whatever, because of some, you know, old shit. John Wayne said, yeah, just so happens this week. I am going to be doing some Duke bourbon bottled in Owensboro, Kentucky um, by Duke Spirits. DukeSpirits.com if you want to look it up. This is Kentucky Straight Bourbon. It is aged at least five. There is no age marker on this. This it, it, That makes me nervous, but they say it's aged at least five years. So uh, minimum of five years on this. It was four years last week for the Stonehammer. Uh, John Wayne or Duke, what his family called him, uh, will endure as an American legend. Well, they maybe got that wrong. <laughs> uh, he was a dedicated craftsman and patriot. Duke bourbon is crafted utilizing John Wayne's love of a bold, smooth, full-bodied bourbon from a recipe that until now was unknown. Created from a handwritten note, bottled and preserved for over 40 years in the family archive. Duke is distilled in Kentucky, the old-fashioned way, incorporated the highest quality ingredients, aged in char, New American oak barrels. So Owensboro, not a place known for bourbon. For for bourbon. So when you look at the mash bill, and that's that would be like your ingredients: seventy five percent American dent corn, thirteen percent rye, twelve percent sixth row barley. Um, when you when you look at the bourbons that are you know in the on the bourbon trail, they get the water from like the Kentucky River which is naturally like purified through the limestone supposed to give it a different taste. Uh, But this is out in Owensboro, which is close to Indiana. And just in case you missed it the first time. (laughs) So we're going to take this and I continue to kind of sharpen my review on the bourbon. Like I was talking to, uh, to a guy I work with and, you know, listen to that. 
uh, talks about the nose, how he all, whether it's beer uh, or anything, the nose is important to him. So the nose on this is really light. You can tell it's bourbon, but it's like, it's really faint. That's surprising. Uh, What proof is this? It says 44% alcohol. So uh, what? 88, 88 proof. Yeah. So that's light, I mean, for, for a bourbon. And this is my kind of bourbon. I had a debate today at lunch over, um, we were talking about our favorite bourbons, and I've made it known for my whole life that Maker's Mark is one of my favorite bourbons. And my friend, who's an attorney and likes to argue, <laughs> says, no, that Maker's Mark's too strong. It's not, and I I said, well, what, what kind do you like? Well, I like, it, you know, other than the pappies and the, you know, the high-end, He's like, I would go with Knob Creek. And th- by the way, this is a guy who drinks Jim Beam by the handle. So <laughs> take that as you will. But, I, and I said, those are the, the Knob Creek's a higher proof. It's, it's stronger than Maker's Mark. What are you, why are you saying Maker's Mark's strong? So I don't know. But like I said, the nose on this, really light. Like I feel like I, just by smelling it, I think I'm going to like it. Also, I bought this was uh, right at fifty dollars for the bottle. So it's a little slightly higher end. Yeah, yeah. It by so I found out today after this is my last week going to Kroger for a while. I'm gonna I'm gonna expand my horizons. Uh, but they keep their like top shelf bourbon, um, behind, behind the counter, like, behind the counter uh, and just have like one or two bottles of it. And so I was like, what? Y'all just have one? They're like, yeah. Well, you know, I was like, do y'all sell any of those? They're like, rarely. Uh, I think they had like some Woodford Select up there. Just, I don't know. <laughs> That's Let's how give it a taste. The, the, the beard octane taste here. That's good, man. Ooh, it's got a, a very distinct finish to it. Uh, Super light, you know, it's not uh, a, being 44%. The, uh, you don't have the, I don't know. I don't know the technical terms for this, David. Maybe I should learn this. Maybe I should go to a beer, uh, a <laughs> bourbon tasting school, but it's, it's yeah. light. It's not like, you're not going to like curl your nose up. And that's one thing I've got asked a couple of times about the podcast. They're like, do you just drink it straight? I was like, neat. Yes. They're like, oh, but just like a shot. Like, no, I just drink <laughs> just a shot. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm not doing a shot. Like, probably the same we do with the Pappy. I, I did a finger and I, you know, I didn't chug the whole thing. Yeah. But the finish comes on like a monster. Uh, That's funny because it, you know, in the tasting notes, it, it calls out a deeply satisfying, robust sweetness on the finish. Yeah, I don't know that. I, let me let me finish this. And while you're uh, finishing it, I, I you know you talked about you know the your your drink your stuff neat. One of the ideas I had for a podcast was uh, a mixing episode. So mm-hmm. you do you know every once in a while, of course, you mix with you know whatever you know. Coke, Diet Coke. You know, it Coke depends Zero, on the bourbon. Like yeah, it's Coke Zero or Diet Mountain Dew. Those are my two mainstays. A lot of people uh, will use like a Sprite, not me. 
Yeah. So I don't mix a lot of beer, but I know that that people do it. <laughs> like with it what? would be like, like so a, with the like a boiler maker. Yeah, not not necessarily that, but like you know, there's a lot of beers where um, you can do like you know beer with like tomato juice and do uh, a clamato or yes, whatever. The shit yeah. Um, but there's some other other stuff out there. So I want you know I, I thought about maybe that would be a fun episode. We're gonna do a budget episode. You know our favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, budget um and if you have any ideas for episodes of you know if if you wanted for a theme episode um you can do you can hit us up on social media uh we're on facebook beers and beards podcast uh instagram beers beards podcast uh, we're also on twitter uh although i don't think anybody is really following us on twitter but uh facebook and and uh, instagram are the two main ones um i thought about Another fun episode might be, you know, to get, you know, you do, you know, an Ohio bourbon, which is, is a thing. Um, and I do like a Kentucky beer. Kind of the, the opposite, mm-hmm. opposite there. Yeah. Um, so do you have a favorite Kentucky beer? Um, yeah, there's so I, I've done extensive. And if you go on my website, MMAMcKinney.com brewery adventures, I've done um pretty extensive brewery tours in Louisville and in Lexington, which is kind of close to where you are. And also obviously Northern Kentucky has a, has a a few, um, including Braxton, which next week's beer is Braxton. I've already got it it picked out. I think I sent it to you, but uh, a little, little hint. Um, And it's another barrel aged beer too. So, and maybe not the barrel aged beer from Braxton that a lot of people would think of, but yeah, so if you have any ideas for theme theme episodes, we'll probably do you know maybe do one of those a month, you know, coming up here in in the in the future. Um, After we hit our milestone of ten episodes next week, right? But you know, we eventually got to we got to keep it fresh, right? So, speaking of fresh, I'm I'm on the I'm looking at the tasting notes for this according to uh, the distiller. And it says it opens with subtle charred oak, roasted nuts. I didn't get that. Hints of vanilla, not sophisticated enough for that, or the caramel or nutmeg. But what do, what I do agree with is the mid palate, warm pepper spice, uh, finishing with uh, with a robust sweetness. I wouldn't call it sweet. If you're looking for really be liberal with your use of sweet when it comes to bourbon, because there's there is no sweet bourbon. Um, but I will give the warm pepper spice for sure. I like it, man. This is something I would, uh, I'm going to keep and, and save for some uh, special occasions. Yeah, that's, this is definitely one too. So there's, you know, again, I'm not necessarily the, the huge bourbon guy, but this is one that I think I, w- I would, I would probably be a, a fan of too. Um, so I'll looking at the recipes, you know, we've talked about doing, uh, like cocktails and stuff. But there's a recipe here uh, called Gunsmoke. And it calls for uh, one and a half parts Duke bourbon, uh, three-fourths of an ounce of fresh bay leaf syrup, three-fourths of an ounce of yuzu lemon blend, don't know what that is, uh, three-fourths of an ounce of aquafaba, don't know what that is, and then two dashes of bitters. <laughs> uh, but you shake it, add ice, shake it again, strain it into a, you know, to one of these little fancy cups, 
and you you put um, or you fill the cut the glass before you do it with uh, smoke from a smoking gun. So you pour it in, and it looks like it's like it's smoking. You, you know what aquafaba is, and I only know this because of who I'm married no, to. I, I, I <laughs> uh, don't. <laughs> it's actually the water in like the either chickpeas or white beans like in the can people actually use that and then they they'll you know you can whip it and you can make like a um it's almost like a meringue um hmm. so yeah fascinating Good to know. Um, chickpeas the shit nobody eats <laughs> unless you're a vegetarian love you angie and your life choices i'm not hating I just couldn't do it. I will say I, uh, I spent the second half of my day today cooking and I made like a vegan, like chicken salad, knock off like a, you know, like, like a tofu burger. No, for, for sandwiches. And I also made, uh, for, for the holiday weekend, I'm a, I'm a big potato salad guy. So I had to Mm -hmm. do mustard or mayonnaise. So I normally am a mustard guy, either mustard or I like German potato salad, which is like What's vinegar. Your... Okay, okay. I, I, which I is basically I... just vinegar and potatoes. It's not really a, yeah. a salad like eggs um, in your potato salad. Uh, usually this one. Did, so I found a, a recipe. I was like, you know what sounds really good that, like, I come up the way that I cook is I come up with these. Hey, this sounds good, and let me find a recipe for it. So I wanted to make some curry potato salad, and this oh, stuff is—it's delicious. It is spicy. No, so I mean the the only spice in it is is curry, and it's not a large amount of curry, um, but it's it's like basically just potatoes and uh, you know peas and and the curry, and and this has a mayo in it. You know what says uh, cooking skills and 4th of July in America? NASCAR. <laughs> That's true. And I thought, full transparency, we, we talked about David watching NASCAR, and I thought this was going to be a crack at NASCAR, but it's not. You enjoy it. No, yeah. So I, you know, of course, in the world that we're in right now, not a lot of sports going on. And I've kind of rediscovered my, I wouldn't say love, but admiration of the sport of NASCAR. Um, it's one of those things where, especially now, and I, I think I joked, maybe I joked about this a couple weeks ago. Like I was watching, like I turned on like, you know, ESPN Classic or something, or probably regular ESPN now, but they were showing a race from like 1982. And the people had like, you know, it was like the the guys in the pit crew. It was like the you know the good old boys. Like they were wearing jeans. The guys had on like just regular hats. They came out. They were you know they had like a you know a jack that you would like jack your car up with. Like you know if you had a flat tire. Um, but I, I thought it was funny seeing that versus what NASCAR is now, which is a um, you know the amount of of science that goes behind it is kind of fascinating to me um it's more than just going in circles and i will say they one of the funnest races 
or, or tracks to watch a race is Pocono, which they had last weekend, which is, mm-hmm. if you know anything about races last weekend, though, right? Yeah. Like so two? they had two, two races at Pocono back to back, which, um, is kind of crazy, but Pocono is completely different than every other track on, on the NASCAR circuit. First of all, it's in, it's in you know, Eastern Pennsylvania, almost like an hour and maybe 20 minutes outside of New York city, which if you know anything about NASCAR, New York city is not a hotbed of, of NASCAR. No. Um, but, it, and it's, you know, in the Pocono mountains, which is like, you know, this huge, uh, place where people go and have their honeymoons. Uh, <laughs> like, so I, I just thought it was funny, um, that, and, and it's also a very unique, uh, course too. It's, it's like a, almost like a triangle with turns. So you can imagine doing these, you know, crazy turn and, you know, it's not a circle or an oval, it's a triangle, which whoever thought of that to, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to have a race, racetrack but yeah i just i i've been getting back into it and it's it's interesting that you know and when no other sports are on i I can always find something to do that and cornhole on tv now have you picked out your favorite driver or your favorite race team so i was always a matt kenseth fan Mm -hmm. and he actually came back like he retired i guess a couple years ago but he came back and he's driving this weekend right no, uh, Kevin Harvick won one of them. Kevin Harvick won right. one of them, and Denny Hamlin won the other one. And they were the other. Like Kevin Harvick was first on on Saturday, and Denny Hamlin was second. And then uh, it was the, the opposite on Sunday. Um, but it was just interesting seeing the strategy um, in the race. Uh, Kevin Harvick pitted with like he pitted early, but and then was like way back in the pack. Whereas Hamlin kind of took took the longest that he could possibly go without pitting. So he built up like this like 25 second lead and he had to go in the pits with this lead of, you know, basically lapped everyone else and had to get out of the pits before everyone caught up to him basically, which is kind of crazy. But uh, that is crazy. Have you ever been to a NASCAR race? I've been to actually uh, Columbus used to have a short track. Um, called Columbus Motor Speedway, and that's the closest thing that I've been to. It's actually a lacrosse field now. Um, oh. But it was like a short, short dirt track, literally in, not in the middle of the city, but like on the outskirts to where, you know, a lot of people live there and it was super loud. <laughs> and eventually they, they got shut down just because it was so loud. Um, but that's the closest I've been to. Um, I would potentially go, I'm not too far away from... Uh, you know, the Kentucky speedway, mm-hmm. which is, you know, basically Northern Kentucky. Um, that's they've got one, they're usually the week after the 4th of July because they're in Daytona this weekend, I assume. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know their schedules pretty crazy. I just know that's usually how it goes, but I know the 4th of July is always in Daytona because I went to Daytona international speedway, uh, probably 15 years ago for the 4th of July race. And it's not like going to a football game or even I can't compare it to any other sporting event because whenever you get tickets to an event, you want to sit as close to the action as you can, right? 
me yeah. being a noob, I I get like fucking third row. Right. I was like, there's so many seats up front. Why? This is crazy. You know? Yeah. And then I understood why. Because you only see the action that's right in front of you. So you want to get up high. Uh, and those seats go pretty fast. So, But what I found, and even you know when I've been to UFC events and stuff, is that I would be watching the big screen. Like I was sitting in the, in the in turn one, and I would see um, the action, you know, coming coming across the checkered flag or start stop wherever the hell it is into turn yeah. one and then around. And the only thing I really remember from that race, JoJo sang the national anthem. <laughs> um, that's how that's how long ago how it was. Long ago it was. And we had Mark Martin did like a barrel row right in front of us. Nice. I'm surprised he's not still driving. I mean, he's only, he's got to be 70, right? (laughs) I don't know. He was, he, uh, so I did see that Denny Hamlin passed him for his second most wins all time without winning a uh, cup championship. But he's got, Denny Hamlin has four wins already this year. I think Hamlin might be yeah. my guy. He might be my if if I have to adopt a uh, a NASCAR driver, it might be might be Hamlin. So like kind of go for the front runner, but he's he's not really a front runner because he's never won a championship. So you can't can't say that you. It's not like you're rooting for for the Patriots or Jimmy Johnson, who you know right. won every championship. I think he won like six championships in a row, which is crazy. Um. But you talked about the 4th of July, so we got to talk about this is our 4th of July episode, mm-hmm. our plans for the weekend. I know what my plans are. I am going to my sister's, who has a beautiful in-ground pool and a gazebo, and we're going to do the whole patriotic American thing and grill and set off a bunch of damn fireworks. That's all you need to do, really. That's it. And then Sunday, I'm coming what would you say? Five minutes from your house to uh, to spend the night. We're taking the family to the zoo on Monday, Cincinnati Zoo, which is weird because with the precautions and everything going on now, you have to make your reservations. So you have to tell them, "Hey, I'm coming at this time." Or you get like a thirty minute window, um, so they know how many people will be at the zoo. Uh, we're going to come at this time, and do they have a time that you have to leave? No. So I think once it gets to capacity, once the reservations fill up, you just can't get them anymore. Oh. Hmm. So, yeah, we'll have to figure out what we're going to, what kind of shenanigans we're going to get into on Sunday. But before that, I'm doing the pool thing, too, on Friday, which this will come out on Friday. So today. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. If you're listening to this, David, it's topless at the pool. I, I, I was planning on probably posting waiting until tomorrow to post the picture of my beer at the pool so that people would know the proper, proper way to, uh, to enjoy this particular beer. Uh, but then Saturday, I think we got some people coming over and Sunday I'm actually going to homebrew for the first time in a while. Ooh, yeah. You were talking about doing that. Yes. I picked up my ingredients today. I'm going to do a Kolsch, which is a, it's a, it's a, like, it's a lighter style. Um, and, it's kind of like a ale hybrid. Like it's like a little bit, you, you got uh, some features of both. So you got the best of both worlds. 
it's a kind of a unique st- style of beer, traditional German style. Um, but I'm pretty excited about that. So maybe one of these weeks we will do a homebrew. I'll, I'll have that as my beer, which kind of, I don't know, maybe. I like to have beers that people can actually access if they want to try them. But maybe one week we'll do a homebrew episode. But yeah, we've got a, a, a pretty full weekend. I, uh, you know, the last weekend I watched UFC. I haven't been watching a ton of UFC, but when, you know, there's still people that, that, you know, we both kind of know and, you know, from, from covering the sport for so long and comma worthy moving up to two and L. that was, you know, at one point, I'm not saying that we wrote him off at all, but at one point his career definitely was on shaky ground. Um, after getting knocked out a couple times and, uh, you know, on the local scene and like props to comma. One of the one of the best guys to talk to, do an interview with, uh, vegan hand model. I guess he's a full fledged <laughs> model, not just a hand model, but, um, but yeah. And he always has a positive message, you know, after after his wins. It's good on him. Pittsburgh MMA baby. Some good guys come through there. Seventh straight win for comma too. So beat Devonte Smith in his uh, UFC debut last year, and then beat. Uh, violent Bob Ross, the uh-huh. gu- guillotine choke. Um, who was in yeah. our circle? You know, he fought in yeah. like the Valor, he fought in Tennessee, and so he was on our radar. And uh, you know, it's it's funny. Um, you know, you talked about. I think the the crazy thing is, Kama's like you know he's a he's a decent sized guy, and and he tried to you know go down to the to the lowest possible weight that he could fight at. And I think he, you know, he took a few losses at that weight. You know, you, when you're dehydrating, dehydrating yourself that much to make weight, it's, you know, I, I think that there have been some, some preliminary studies that say that, you know, that's, that's not the smart move. And he's just been a different guy since he's moved back up to, uh, to lightweight. He hasn't lost since he, he moved back up the, to lightweight, um, he fought Michael Roberts at a pinnacle show back in 2018, two years ago. And now he's won seven fights in a row, two and zero in the UFC. So props to comma. There you have it. Uh, got a couple reviews, David. Yes. One of them. I, I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, uh they, <laughs> they were, uh, super kind, you know, super kind and, and reach out to us, uh, via social media a podcast called the ginger and the beard. And if you like our podcast, you will also like these guys because they pretty much do. They do theirs on Twitch, which I respect. Like yeah. that's a, I'm, you know, you know, I got that gamer nerdy side to me. Yeah. So they're MMA beer and video games is what they talk about. So if you like those three things, it. which if you are listening to this, you probably like at least two of, at least one of those three things. Um, Give them, you know, go give them a, a like. I, you know, they're two super funny dudes. Um, again, you mentioned they're huge on on Twitch. They've got a YouTube channel, things like that. Um, they gave us, they said that we are very relaxing and that we have good radio voices. That's that's the first time I've heard that. I, I've heard I've had a face for radio before. Well. But not a good radio voice. I think I probably, probably episode one, I talked about this, my, 
my announcer voice that people are sometimes surprised when they hear for the first time. <laughs> I don't necessarily have that on on this, but when I pick up like a, you know, like a handheld microphone or have on like a headset microphone, I feel like I get into that mode of like doing commentary and for jump sure. into it. It's it's different um than doing this. I think this is a pretty laid back I just sit back and chill, drink a beer. That's right. What what better is there in life than to do what we do for fun? It's hard to think of very many things. Yeah, I can't think of any. But you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review. If you so choose, we're up to five, five five-star reviews. So bless you, children Um, or adults. Whatever you may be. Hopefully not children. Yeah. Yeah. So when I went to our Instagram today, David put a, uh, you know, you have to be 21 or older. I think it's just for the alcohol stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. So that I was like, whoa, wait, what is this? I thought maybe Instagram had done that. You can find us on Spotify. Really anywhere that you listen to your podcast, uh, soon to be on they're saying the number one podcasting site on the planet, and that's iHeartRadio. So in about a week, we'll be on iHeartRadio. Don't forget, audibletrial.com forward slash beers and beards. Get a free audio book, 30 days free. Maybe one of the best decisions of your life. If you're a bearded man like me, go to beardoctane.com. Use promo code Beers and beards 10, get 10% off. Like I said, free shipping on all orders over $75. It is the 4th of July weekend, David McKinney. Encourage everybody to drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Be careful with the fireworks. I I had a scar on the back of one of my legs to where when a mortar, um, (laughs) it was hot. You know, the canister was hot, dropped the mortar, and it immediately went off and scarred the back of my leg. It's covered with a tattoo now, but. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, But until next week, appreciate everybody. Check us out on our social media, and we'll be back with more beers and beards next week. Happy 4th of July. Let freedom ring. All right. Tell me when you're going to stop your uh, audacity. I stopped it at the same time that you stopped your. So I'll probably be a couple seconds before you, but. I, I can match it. I mean, I'll be able to cut it off at the end. How do you want me to export this? Uh, do it to an MP3, but then I'm going to transfer it to a wave when I put it together. I don't know why, but it, it, every time I do it, it says it's high quality. Um. <laughs>